get a credit card that gives you what you need now, a low interest rate on everyday purchases, and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed, and together we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit penfed.org slash goldcard. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello and welcome to this Icon Roundtable podcast. For those who don't know, the Icon Roundtable happens once a month. It's where the Icon supporters gather to be a guest on the podcast themselves and give their thoughts on the latest happenings around the foot scene. I always find it particularly interesting and hopefully you will do too. Now, for many of you, this might be the first time listening to this because it's going out on the main feed this week. And there are a number of different reasons for that. The main thing is that, of course, it is the calm before the foot 21 storm. And I thought it was important to prioritize getting that supporter exclusive content out at the very start of foot 21. And as there wasn't a huge amount to discuss this week, apart from some of the ratings which we'd had out by the time we were recording, this is a great week to, on top of the podcast we did last week on starting foot 21 and the bonus episode as well, which covered that in more depth, to get the icons thoughts on how they're going to start the game and also as i said their thoughts on those ratings too and of course it will allow that extra content to come at the start of fifa 21 but it's also given me a bit of time to work on something that should be extremely useful as a resource it's not a podcast but it is something that's been great to be able to get together so check it out on patreon when it comes the day after this most likely also actually there is another reason why this is out on the main feed and you'll find out all about that in just a moment let's get into it then this is the foot weekly icon roundtable for september so of course we have a host of icons who will go through in a second i just wanted to point out two people who are joining this pod who are not icons we've got luke who's going to be helping with audio related concerns this year probably an easy way of putting it thank you very much luke and, and welcome and hello Hi, guys. And we've also got Tom, who's going to be providing trading assistance and market insight in the Foot Weekly Podcast Discord. So if you are a gold or above supporter, do go join that Discord uh, where you can find loads of resources, including Tom's advice as we go into Foot 21. Hello, Tom. How's it going? Good, thanks. And it is my great pleasure to welcome back the foot coach, aka oh. Steve Stokes. You blew my entrance, Ben. I was going to do a really bad impression of Ian Sterling and pretend I was here. <laughs> we'll have to get you to do that next time he's on. <laughs> well, welcome back, Steve. And it has been a very long time. We'll get into that in just a second. But for those who don't know who the foot coach, aka Steve Stokes, is, Steve is someone who is extremely regular on the podcast, what was it, nine months ago, something like that? Nine months. And yeah. was on very frequently, huge part of the podcast community. And we're really pleased, Steve, that you're back with us. Now, for those who are long-term listeners, they'll be very much wondering where you've been and what's happened. Obviously, I wasn't able to say much. You hadn't really said anything. Yeah. Without, you know, overstepping the personal and public boundaries. Do you want to give a little bit of background as to what's been going on? Yeah, um, in a nutshell, um, I think that life can just come at you pretty fast sometimes, to, to quote Ferris Bueller, I think. Take you off guard. And certainly I found myself dealing with, with life situations that I, I wasn't expecting that I'd have to deal with. Basically, mm. things just got right on top of me. I've always thought of myself as being a pretty sort of resilient fella, you know, mentally pretty tough and 
we're all human when when all's said and done we're all vulnerable to an extent and uh yeah like life just sort of found me out a bit really and uh it, it took a while to come back from it but on a more sort of upbeat note things are good now everything's on the up and up really genuinely i know everybody says this but genuinely very very happy to be back and it's great to have you back i'm looking forward to your insights going forward i know that you haven't been around the foot scene or in contact with foot at all for quite some time you know obviously we've talked more about this and i can see why revealing any more would feel too personal for you and, and i also want to say that it is one of those things that I personally too feel, you know, quite mentally resilient and things, but it's important we all remember you never know when some significant event is going to change all that very suddenly as, you know, you experienced. And I think I do want to do a plug, which I used to do really frequently, actually, and it's something that has slipped off the agenda, really, but I'll make sure that we get back to it. And that's plugging Calm Zone, which is a really useful tool aimed at men's mental health. And you can check that out. Just Google Calm Zone whether you want resources, advice, support, or just a chat, etc., It's a really great place to go for it. And I'll make sure that that's something that's mentioned frequently on the podcast going forward, as well as, you know, the podcast itself, I hope, while not something obviously anywhere near the level of Calm Zone in terms of its direct impact, I hope, as some people have mentioned in the past, it provides a sort of consistent presence, positivity, and a place to, you know, further your enjoyment of something that I think people do get a lot of positivity out of, despite what you might hear from some quarters of the foot community. And Steve, just to change gear completely, I mean, obviously, things are actually going quite well for you, I seem to remember. You just packed Neymar. Yeah, great pack luck right at the start of the cycle as well. And then I just, I haven't really had the chance to use him. So uh, yeah, yeah. hopefully that, you know, the, the gods uh, will continue my my fortune this year, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Well, as I said, great to have you back. And with this roundtable, we're going to be talking about going into Foot 21. Let's start off then with the in three words, which was sent in by L. So the idea is here, we just give a three word answer to what I'm about to ask. And what I'm about to ask is, what will you prioritize when starting your Foot 21 season, e.g. obtaining a certain squad slash player, play style or training methods or a particular game mode or anything that you think you want to say about starting foot 21 really because i'll ask you if you want to expand on your answer other than the just the three words that you've given right let's start off then with chris what are your three words i'm gonna do it in two Ooh. no idea <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally fair answer. honestly listen, listening to last week's pod uh i was thinking i might do some trading to start with i'm actually gonna miss the first six days EA access after all because I'm I'm away now for for those six days trying to dodge uh, dodge a virus in France for a wedding but um yeah I, I, so it's not going to be playing to start with it's going to be just doing a bit of trading I guess on the companion app and and seeing what I can do from there and then hopefully during my quarantine period just knuckling down with a lot of games mm, that would have been smart if you timed that just before the start and then you would have had to quarantine when you got back probably and then like, perfect you yeah. smashed it out yeah. Yeah. Um, almost made it <laughs> should we move on to damon then what are your three words uh mine's going to be adapting to gameplay Smart. anything particular around the gameplay basically just try and get like a competitive squad so i can play in rivals and just play as many rivals games as i can mm. just so i can get used to the muscle memory and like trying to get used to the new mechanics and you're quite like a strong player right you finish elite something yeah i finish elite three quite often yeah yeah so i guess that would be important for you to get on top of that so you can start grinding out 
coins and stuff through yeah, exactly. through gameplay yeah and and will you be doing the early access i guess to do that yeah i will be yeah uh, the early access great and let's move on to actually an, a new icon just became an icon very recently so great to have you thanks for your support grog welcome to the pod hello everyone my three words are going to be experimental gameplay so similar to the damon said um i'm just going to pretty much try everything see see what works for for me and no, just try and have fun with the game. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to worry about the meta or whatever the meta is going to be the first two or three weeks of the game because you can learn that as I go along. I just want to experiment with everything and try to see what formations, tactics, players, whatever works for me and how I can enjoy the game the most. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I think also the great thing about the early stage of the game is there isn't really like a meta as such. You know, Anyone who tells you there's a meta in the first couple of weeks, I don't think really knows what they're talking about <laughs> you you don't tend to kind of see the the metas develop for a bit of time at least so we'll be safe for that for a few weeks hopefully either they don't know what they're talking about or they're nepenthes one or the other yeah quite on it remember with that uh heading that you found out in foot 19 yeah, totally. he was like he came on the pod before everyone was talking about it and was like oh yeah heading's gonna be a huge issue now they've patched for their shot but yeah hunter what about you it's gonna be to take more breaks um i think uh last year i played way too much for too long of sessions, I guess I would I would say, because if you get frustrated and you keep pushing through it, you can develop bad habits that carry over into your future sessions or next sessions. And before you know it, you've, you've lost your entire style of play and you start forcing the ball and you're not as patient. And um, I feel like taking breaks when you're frustrated or, or if you're just not feeling it is perfectly fine. And mm-hmm. that can save you long term from frustration and, and just playing poorly and not enjoying the game. Perfect. Let's move on to, is it? George next? I think it is. Yeah, I guess my three words would be don't get distracted. My problem is at the start of every FIFA is that I really want the best players I can get. So I load up FIFA points. I don't pay no attention to trading. I lose a ton of coins and SBCs and um, buying players that I really don't need. So this year it's all about trying to get a better value squad and really getting into a bit of trading. My, you know, my time the last few years have always been a bit limited, where I'm hoping this year I might invest a little bit of my time into actual trading and I might save a bit of money on FIFA points and, and yeah, get to get a lot of great tips from the Discord. Perfect. Uh, Luke, what about you? Mine are going to be to pace squad battles. I sort of, I went into last FIFA seeing the new season objectives and the fact that you could get uh, an ultimate pack for winning those 300 games. And I thought, oh... I could perhaps get this in time for team of the year. So I sort of powered through them and then sort of found that actually having done that, I was perhaps not gaining as much as I could out of them if I'd spread the 300 games out, doubling up with other objectives that you see throughout the year. Um, Mm. So I guess I'm trying to be more efficient with how I play them this year, just to, like I say, maximize doubling up where possible. Makes a lot of sense. And Steve? Me. I thought you'd left us again. <laughs> <laughs> that, that went smoothly, didn't it? We, we haven't lost it, Ben. <laughs> um, do less SBCs. <laughs> Is this flashbacks to storage? I'm still haunted by it. Yep. <laughs> flashback to flashback storage. Do you want to just remind people? Because it was basically that you did him and then we're like, oh shit, he's like two star skills, right? It was, no, it's two, two star weak two foot. Two star sorry. weak foot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, that's way worse. Yeah, I, 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 it was just a bit of a phase, wasn't it? Really, I just, I, I, mm. I did flashback Danny Alves and Ibrahimovic. It was when it was the year flashbacks first came out. So what was it? Nine, nineteen? I want to say. Mm. I've, I've just sunk far too many coins 
into SBCs. So I think probably what I'm going to do is try and make sure that I, I, I leave them for the later stages of the game when I can build towards an end game squad, I guess, really, rather than just funking it all up in the middle. Nice. Sounds good. Let's move on to uh, what I was mentioning before, which was uh, talking about FIFA points and spending around foot. I should say before we get into this, you know, like there are no right or wrong ways to do this. And I understand why you know people don't spend FIFA points and why people do. No judgment on that. But I'm kind of interested to know from our icons here what their plans are going into Foot 21. Are you going to be spending and whether you've tried different approaches in the past, whether this year's going to be different? that kind of thing. If you don't want to talk about this, then please do just say pass and we'll, we'll move on from you. Chris, what about you? So this year, um, I'm expecting to probably spend 80 quid like I did last year, mm-hmm. which is 12,000 points, I think, at the start. Yeah. Um, just as a kickoff, like um, Japes has said, I, I just don't have the time to put it in. And where we haven't got the morning commute on the train now, that was the time I would spend trading. So, yeah. See, uh, yeah. see where that goes. But that last year was all I've ever, all I've ever put into the game in points. Um, I'll do it just to get a head start, I guess, and get a couple players. Hopefully, that I think it was Jamie Vardy last year, where you know I bought him for thirty thousand coins, which is just for a base gold card. But you can sell him on and make coins at that point of the game. I think, um, and and hopefully as the market crashes down a few weeks in. That's where you um, tend to do okay from it. Nice, yeah, yeah. Certainly, if you're going to buy and sell players, it makes a lot of sense to uh, put in some coins so you can afford those bigger players and not have to do the sort of slow. Well, I guess yeah, slow. Yeah, it is a bit slower. Kind of grind at the start to build up like a decent coin total. So, Damon, what about you? Uh, I am going to spend FIFA points. I'm not sure how much. Probably twelve thousand, <laughs> like Jabe said as well, because I just want to get like pay the teams. I don't know about like the attack positioning. Some of the forwards, I don't want to play with low rate ones because I think I will lose my uh, <laughs> lose my mind after a few 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 rivals games if they're running offside or anything like that. Hmm. That's an interesting point, actually. You know, we've said on the pod how attacking positioning seems to impact the runs that players make, and you know them going offside, as you said, that kind of thing. I guess you know there is this argument that could this mean that your top rated players are just going to be that much better this year than they have been previously? And is that a reason maybe to get a more expensive and a higher rated team quicker? It, it might be, it might be. We'll have to find out. Grog, what about you? Uh, at the start, I won't put anything in. I'm university student, so I'm all online this year. So I'm going to have plenty of time to just play and grind away at the game and trade. So unless there's a big promo out that I probably can't afford to <laughs> not spend FIFA points on, I suppose, I'll just, just play the game and That'll be that from there. Nice. like it. Uh, Hunter? I'm going to do what I did last year, and uh, I'll probably drop like 36,000 FIFA points, I think, like $300 worth, and um, hopefully get lucky enough to to catch a few big players and, and stay on that power curve and uh, sell them off right before the first big promo, probably the uh, the headliners, not the headliners, uh, road to the final. That's usually the first significant promo in my opinion and that's historically the last two years that's when the regular gold players started to kind of start their mm. long downtrend makes sense that's the sound way of going about it you know and i also think part of the reason i'm doing this i think it's because i haven't really decided what i'm going to do this year and uh, it's kind of interesting to hear like all the different ways of going about it george what about you uh, i'm in a unique position this year i i live in melbourne australia for all those that don't know 
and we're in we're in lockdown. So I'm actually unfortunately out of work, not allowed to work until October 28th. So I'm home. So I'll probably do a bit of FIFA points. I haven't decided what, how much I'll do at the start. Depends on what I can afford. But I'll have a lot of time to um, to grind out those first few weeks. Makes sense. And Luke? I usually don't go for FIFA points because one of my favourite parts of the foot cycle is using all the random players you'd never think to use. And actually, the way the power curve has mm. gone, this window is much more limited now. And it's really only sort of the first few weeks, maybe the first month if you're stretching it, that these players are usable. Although... First owner objectives last year did actually bring some life back to some of those players, which was quite nice. And on a more sort of general note, something that I think is quite important and actually ties in with EA's quality of life theme that they're pushing this year, I think FIFA points should be used in that sense, whatever makes you get the most out of FIFA. And at the end of the day, it's your money, so it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. If you enjoy it, you enjoy it. Mm. And if you don't want to spend the money, then don't spend the money. Yeah. Ultimately, everyone has to do what feels right and what they can do. But I think one important point I'd make, I would say to people who can spend money on FIFA points to consider whether they want to. If you still, I mean, even if you're financially capable of buying a load of FIFA points at the start, I would ask those people, especially if you've not done it before, for example, maybe you just did last year's cycle as a very kind of casual player, but you've been enjoying it and you want to commit more. I would say that there's certainly no guarantee that Spending FIFA points is actually going to make your experience that much better because building up from the bottom can really be one of the most satisfying and enjoyable parts of the foot grind, if you like. And that's something certainly for me, I've always spent FIFA points, I suppose, at the start because it makes a lot of sense from a building your team perspective. I like to get into the gameplay quite quickly, I suppose. But that's not necessarily the case for everyone and then encourage people to think about that and I, I know a lot of people who have spent so much on FIFA points at the start that it has basically made the first couple of months before we get extremely good players maybe the, the road to the final things like that kind of feel a bit pointless because they're already like hitting the very best players on the market and using those so I suppose I would just say you know even if you can spend a lot on FIFA points it's not always going to be the very best thing to do. And you also put yourself in a position where you're thinking, well, you know, I've committed this amount of money to the game. The money then becomes sort of like a, an obstacle to your enjoyment, essentially. So I definitely like think hard about it if it's something that you're considering doing, say, for the first time. It's not necessarily something that's going to improve your enjoyment of the game. Um, Steve? Yeah, I, I tend to avoid buying FIFA points wherever possible. I'm the only time that I'll really dig my hand into my pocket as if there's a big promo and I'm feeling a bit flush, I guess. But generally speaking, obviously I'm, I'm more of a gameplay guy. So I tend to just, just hammer the gameplay. And I also find that that's it's actually a bit more motivation to play it as well, to, uh, to put the hours in, because you are kind of reliant on, on your performance, trying to generate the rewards through the gameplay. So you tend to to focus in on things a bit more, I find. But yeah, I, I do buy them occasionally, but, you know, kind of like Hunter, only uh, only when the big promos drop. Cool. And Tom? I'll definitely end up getting some. I actually have a bit of a Microsoft uh, account balance just from doing some of their Microsoft Rewards stuff. And then also 
uh, actually through Foothead's Tuesday Night Football, I won a gift card for twenty five or twenty two hundred FIFA points. So I have that to spend still. I've been mm. sitting on that for a while. So I'll probably add a couple bucks of my own. It just it, having just a couple coins at the beginning makes things a lot easier for me personally, uh, and just makes it a lot more fun. Mm. That's a good point. And as we said, you know, I think on the last pod, like spending FIFA points at the start is such good value compared to spending it at other times. You know, so many players are worth something, which just doesn't happen the rest of the year. You know, you've got players who are like 80 rated, 79 rated, who are actually good players to pack because they're actually worth something. Luke, I think you put your thumb up. Yeah, I just wanted to say one other quick thing. The theme seems to be all about getting that good start and something that can be quite good Mm. is holding back on loading up and opening your welcome backpacks, doing the advanced SBCs, and seeing what you have got. On the off chance you do get something good, you might find yourself in the position where you don't need them, but like you said, you have already committed before you know. And along those lines, actually maybe just trying the game before you commit, because you might try it and think, this isn't the FIFA for me, or you might try it and think, actually, no, I really enjoy this FIFA. And at that point, then it definitely is worth committing if that's what you mm-hmm. want to do. Luke's a sensible lad here, Ben. Where did you find him? Yeah, yeah, knocking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm impressed. I think we actually met at, what was it, the FIFA E-World Cup? Maybe, what, two years ago, a year ago? Time's kind of gone funny, right? Yeah, it was the FIFA E-World Cup last yeah. year in London. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I wanted to sneak in with something here, which I've been asked a lot, even since the Starting Foot 21 podcast last week. And I would like to just clarify for everyone, make it nice and clear about spending FIFA points and when to spend them or when is considered the optimal time to spend them. Quite a few people still asking whether they should spend come the first promo, which would likely be, say, one to watch. But let's be honest here the packs that they bring out over the first month or so are not very desirable they are not generally filled with gold rare players and that means that your chance of packing a valuable one to watch player are quite slim and also i think that quite a lot of people do spend fever points around that time perhaps not realizing that it isn't the best time to spend them and that can cause actually some of the one to watch players that would have been valuable to be less valuable than they should have been anyway, if that makes sense. On the flip side, if you spend at the start, you also get a big advantage in terms of the fact that people starting Road to Glory style accounts, things like that, will actually want the players that you're packing. And also you've got the SBCs that people are trying to complete too, which as more and more players come into the market and we get towards one to watch, they're probably not going to be as valuable. So for that reason that you can pack those desirable items and also the fact that actually the majority, not the majority of coins, but quite a lot of your coins will probably come from discarding things anyway. And of course, because players tend not to have so many coins, you can get those top players cheaper than you will heading into the first weekend league. And certainly by the time we hit the one to watch promotion, it does make sense to load up and get those FIFA points spent as soon as possible. Obviously, the market moves more quickly than we get out podcasts, of course, moves more quickly than anyone could put out content, really, unless it's a live stream. So do go check out people like Foot Accountant who put out regular market analysis videos and, of course, the supporter patron Discord and just checking price graphs, really. That can help a lot. Compare them to last year. But yeah, let's talk about what we're going on to discuss here, which is FIFA player ratings. A lot of controversy, of course, as there always is. 
What we've seen generally, I'd say, is a bit of a downgrade overall, pace particularly. So I guess what I'm asking is, considering all this controversy and chat around these seeming downgrades, what thoughts have you all got on these? Chris, let's start with you. To be honest with you, I've not really looked at it that much myself yet. Good. I've seen that there's... Just a, leave it. <laughs> I, there's, there's like a few... From what I've seen, a couple of players, I think I saw Sancho's pace has dropped a bit. Does it matter? I mean, I'm I'm always a fan of seeing um, a little less pace at the start of the game because it, it doesn't leave you any room to grow and, and you end up repeating what we've done at the end of this year where every player's got mid-90s pace. Mm. Um, and if it's lower to start with, it just takes a bit longer to get there, right? And, and you'll still get there in forms, etc. So nothing's upset me with the, the few bits I've seen of it. I'm pretty relaxed until we've played the game, right? You don't know whether it really makes a difference or actually it's going to be very similar. Yeah, Damon, what were your thoughts? Yeah, same as Chris. With the amount of promos we're going to get this this year, like the same as last year, like there's going to be so many special cards that are going to be increased stats anyway. So mm-hmm. it's kind of irrelevant for me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Grog? Just really one kind of outline things, probably... I know what you're saying. I know what the rest of you guys are saying about you know about with so many promos coming out. Players players will get boosted, especially with informs. I think Thiago maybe is one that has caused probably more than a bit of controversy because he's not really the type of player who gets so many goals and assists, which you would probably say in terms of team of the week is what EA look for. Mm. And even this year, he didn't get any card until his um, community thoughts came out. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. So. His downgrade, and I think that I think they gave him plus one defending. I think that was the only thing that changed and brought his rating down. Then you'd want to see that he excels in the areas that he's good at rather than just leaving the same and then bringing him down in other areas, which kind of makes the card worse. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think I think it'll be a lot of probably like maybe Bayern Munich and Bundesliga fans who complain about that, and maybe Liverpool fans if he does move there. But that that's just kind of one one supposed type of player that might suffer as a result unless unless they get lucky and it's a, a screen promo comes out and he gets a big boost. So Yeah. That's just kind of one of outlier, I think. Yeah, I would say that obviously feels bad for a player who's had a good season but won the Champions League. And I think he got man of the match in the final, perhaps. Or at least uh wait, did he get the man of the match in the final? He at least got a special card. He did. And so, you know, it does seem strange to see a player get a minus two. But I think, you know, we can discuss individuals and where we think that changes should be made. What I find kind of interesting, and I guess Chris and Damon both mentioned this, is that it really does feel like they're setting up for more room for growth in terms of ratings across the year. And that makes a lot of sense when you consider, I think, a complaint that a lot of people had was, you know, we got to see him this season and then the power curve was basically totally destroyed by team of the season. And also, maybe even by some of the promos that we had leading up to that, there was a bit of an imbalance there or, or things were accelerated too quickly, potentially. And I think allowing a bit more room for growth on all these players, and you see players like Nabri, Sancho get a really significant drop in their pace. While it does seem a bit odd because they're pretty quick, it might just allow for a bit more gentle growth in the power curve across the year, which I think often we... I don't know, we, we talked about a lot at the end of last year, but certainly at the start, we we don't maybe talk about it as much. But if you can keep that power curve a bit gentler and, and it flows a bit better throughout the year, and I think actually, in general, people are going to be happy about that. And that's going to make a difference, even if it might look a bit odd in the ratings. 
Although, one interesting thing, I think it was Andy uh, AJ3 who brought this up. If you look at the fastest players at Bayern, Nabry's like not mentioned in this article that Bayern put out about the fastest players. I think Lewandowski is like one of the fastest, which throws into question like, why is he not quicker than he is, right? Because he's not actually that fast. But it does show that the whole like racing system for the game is just a little bit weird. The racings that get thrown about for different players, um, the in-games and stuff, you kind of wonder like how they do this. I know there is like a I think it's called EA Talent Scout. It's basically a network you can join and you can sign up and you can put ratings on players, basically. So I can see why that might might cause a few problems. But I suppose also, I think with the more contentious ones or the bigger teams, they have you know, professionals who work at EA, I believe, who decide on those. So that's a bit of context as to how the ratings kind of come about. But yeah, some of them just are baffling. But then probably makes more difference for like SBCs than it does for, for anything else. Hunter. Yeah. Um, I was just having a look at like Bobby Firmino has got nine informs or, or special cards. Werner had 14 different versions of cards. Conte had nine, Messi 11, David Luiz, who in my opinion had a horrible season. He got five different cards, four special cards. I think come November, all of these ratings are going to be forgotten because it's going to be all about the promos. Like you guys have been saying, but when you were talking about growth, Ben, the um, I think the nerfing of the Kim styles will really, really, will start to, will feel these players. When, when it's a 78 rated striker, it's going to feel like a 78 rated striker because of the the nerfing to the Kim styles and the changes. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the, the skill gap that's going to be hopefully uh, presented there. Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, with the dynamic stat changes that they can make or what they're calling it, like player moments, Getting away from the algorithmic stuff. Yeah, exactly. So there'll be a chance for them to give Sancho a 99 pace card if they wanted to. I, I doubt they will. But, you know, these kind of things will then be possible. Uh, George, what about you? Yeah, when I saw the top 100, I was, I was actually quite impressed. I really like the fact that pace is brought down a little bit, especially on some players, like you said, Nabry, Nat, where you'd think there would be speed kings at the start. So the only thing I'm concerned about, and you touched on it briefly, was just that how this is going to affect SBCs. I mean, mm. especially 83 and 84 rated players um, going forward, how they're going to, with special cards come out, there just seems to be less higher rated cards uh, than there was last year. Yeah, yeah. I wonder whether they'll have to like scale things back in terms of that as a result, maybe? Yeah, instead of 84, 85 rated squads at the start, maybe they could, they might do 82, 81s, but who knows? Mm. I mean, They've obviously thought really, really hard about it, but like I said before, I'm, I'm, I really like the um, the way pace has been brought down, and um, you know, I don't think anyone's going to be outrun at the start. I think everyone really feels like they're going to be in a, more of a level playing field, and there's not many you know cheap wingers and all that stuff. Everyone's going to be buying and um, beating your defence. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things look from that perspective. I don't know. I still feel like it might be one of those things where at the very start, because centre backs the vast majority are actually really slow compared to attackers. And although attacking pace may have been nerfed a bit in the stats, and I still think that because, as we know, pace is one stat that doesn't really impact overall rating. And there are a few others that don't do much as well. It's always going to be that stat that people look for because you can get the lower rated, cheaper players with really high pace. And you can't have that for things like even finishing, attacking, positioning, agility. Yeah, no, sorry, agility and balance are two things you can. And that's another reason why those pacey players are so effective at the start. 
But some of these other ones, they're like mental attributes, those things you don't get on those lower rated, cheaper players. And so that's why like pace becomes important from the start because, you know, those players who have high pace are the ones that are obtainable, more readily available on the market. But, you know, on the other hand, the general pace nerf, that's, that's going to be good. But I like that a lot, actually. I think it's really good. Um, Luke, what about you? Something I often think is that face stats can be quite deceptive and that we don't have full stats for a mm. lot of the players yet. A classic example can be shooting with penalties and volleys. Those are two of the stats that perhaps for the majority of the time are not so important. So if they're the ones that are dragging the overall rating down, they don't matter as much. And also tying into face stats, being deceptive. Until last year, I wasn't aware of international reputation and how that rating can boost the player, but seemingly doesn't mm. have any boost that's relevant to FIFA apart from an overall rating boost that could be useful for SBCs. But in terms of gameplay, that star rating is superficial with no in-game benefits. Yeah, you're totally right. And I really think that they should put out something around how ratings are calculated because international reputation is a big factor and people just don't know about it. And that is why you get often quite big discrepancies between very similar looking players. The other thing, I mean, is positioning is such an obvious one. Surely everyone knows that a player's overall is going to change when they change position. And I think you'll see a fair bit less frustration about overall ratings once people are aware of that. And, you know, I think probably it is on EA to put something out about that kind of thing. They do tweak it, though, each year. So, well, I don't know whether they should tweak it each year, but they definitely have tweaked it in the past. And that obviously, again, affects this. Uh, Steve, what about you? It's it's a bit of a basket case, isn't it, really? The thing that you mentioned, Ben, earlier about um, Gnabry and Lewandowski, Lewandowski, rather. It's not necessarily that, that Lewandowski is faster. It's just that Gnabry's got 90 acceleration, which is great. But then the wheels fall off. He's got mm. a sprint speed of 76. And yeah. Le- Lewandowski is a sprint speed 70. 78 is a couple of points higher than Gnabry. And mm. it's it's just so hard to justify it. It doesn't mm. add up at all. I don't know if we're all aware of this, but there was the, the conspiracy theory as well, floated by Romelu Lukaku. Did anybody see that? Yeah. I <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For those who weren't aware, he was he was saying that this is all a ploy by EA to rile up some of the, the footballers with large Twitter followings. And to, to get them to tweet exactly. about it, which, of course, he'd done. Which by he did. Doing he that. fell right into the trap, yeah. Um, if it was a trap. <laughs> but yeah, yeah if it wasn't a trap. Yeah. And he actually sort of benefited, didn't he? Because he actually got a boost compared did to he? others. Did I, I don't know. I wasn't yeah, aware yeah. of that. Right. Wait, is he actually higher rated this year than he was last year? I thought. No, that's the funny thing. His his overall rating didn't, but his pace did. Yeah, actually, I think pretty much all his stats improved, funnily enough, but his overall didn't. People, I guess, don't really know about international reputation. And Hunter pointing out in the chat an example, Ibrahimovic is a great one. His stats hardly reduced. I think, if anything, overall probably stayed pretty much the same. Obviously, he got his pace downgrade or whatever, but it wasn't very significant. Yet yeah, he's dropped from an 85 to an 83. But of course, he's dropped out of the Sweden squad. I think he's, I mean, he hasn't featured recently. He's not a key player. So his international reputation will have dropped. And that'll be why, you know, he's not as high rated as he was, despite having similar stats. So there are all these weird things that go on. While I think it's something that people can discuss and fills a bit of time, it's really not that relevant. 
is it Steve I suppose I think there are more interesting things to discuss around these players that come out I've seen people on Twitter criticizing FIFA 21 on the basis that the player ratings are a bit naff no you're going into the deep end if that's the view you're taking obviously the the micro aspects like that can affect the 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 macro but let's let's hold judgment for a while, eh? Yeah, I totally agree. And what we do, of course, like to do with player ratings and the new players that are coming out is search through for gems that we think are going to be good or even established players that look like they could do a job this year. And there are plenty out there already. Although we don't have the full database or many in-game stats at this point, we can certainly make some educated guesses. And I was thinking, why don't we go through, pick out some early gems and we'll start with George, who's your pick? Gareth Bale. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> the 79 rated Gareth Bale. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I've always been a big Gareth Bale fan in real life and um, in foot. Uh, last year, I didn't really get to use him very much, but he does have some pace and he does look like one of the best 83 rated cards ever. So. Yeah, Gareth Bale. Nice, like that. Good suggestion. Anyone else have one? I'll throw in mine at this point, or one of them. Valverde, the uh, Uruguayan Real Madrid centre mid. He's got 86 pace on an 83 rated card with 80 dribbling, 77 defending, 80 physical, 78 passing and 74 shooting. So it's a ridiculously well-rounded card. He's also six foot, remember. He's likely to have you know solid weak foot and skill moves. I think he's going to be really, really good and a player that could actually be very expensive for an 83 at the start, especially being a Real Madrid player as well. Luke, who's your pick? Perhaps not just one pick. No, go for it, yeah. But the Napoli front three, in the last couple mm-hmm. of years, Mertens and Insigne, etc., have often moved around positions, but also they've been those 87, 88, 89 rated players. And they have all seen a drop this year to sort of 85, 84 and being in a league mm-hmm. that's not as popular and being slightly lower rated, they could possibly be a good group to start with. Yep, I think that's a very good shout. And, you know, obviously Serie A tends to offer quite good value generally um, as well. Let's move on to Grog. Marcos Acuna from uh, Sporting. He's mm. got a significant upgrade. Yeah, 83 rated a left back, but like he looks like he do a job pretty much, you know, midfield, even... Oh, maybe I'd have pushed with a chem style centre back, but he look it definitely looks like a very flexible player and who's decent in his stats. That's one I've certainly picked up on. Yeah, yeah. No, that is a good shot. Let's move on to Tom. So his card just got kind of flashed in one of those EA ratings videos. So I haven't seen the in-game stats. Mm. But if it's accurate, Dennis Zakaria's 83 rated CDM card in the Bundesliga looks absurd. Mm. 86 pace, 82 defending, 86 physical with 80 dribbling. I think he's going to be an absolute monster. Yeah, he looks like potentially an even better version of Valverde, right? And he's a, he's a, he's a beast. You know, even his base card last year was really good and that was like under 80 rated maybe last year. So yeah, very interesting one. Uh, I'll throw in another quickly, which is a, a player that I really enjoyed last year as an SBC card, the, you know, the league SBC Tonali. I think quite a few people listen to the pod used him and he was really good but his base card this year has 80 pace and we know he's you know physically capable i mean he's really well rounded he's a non-rare as well so he'll be nice and cheap um he's at ac milan now so he's got some good links including two another player that i wanted to mention um rebic if he stays four star four star his 88 pace 80 shooting 
79 dribbling, 80 physical, and 70 passing. 79 rated AC Milan striker. And it looks really good. Uh, there's, there's quite a few decent looking little options, actually. I feel like the Bundesliga budget starter teams has become almost <laughs> the meta, if you like. And I think it could return to being the, uh, the Serie A this year, maybe. Who have we got next? We've got Damon. Uh, it's not really much of a budget player, but uh, Longley. Mm. I think he would be uh, like a ridiculous centre back because uh, I think his defensive awareness was really good last last year, and I assume he will have the same sort of thing. And with the player personalities, I think it would be really good. Yeah, yeah. So he'll be pretty solid, and and those defensive stats, you know, could be really important. Uh, who else have we got? Have we got anyone else, else to come in? Or have we done everyone? Ah, Hunter. I was really looking forward to using uh, an upgraded version of Pulisic as a American Chelsea fan. Um, mm. I was but. upset to see that uh, although he got a small bump in overall for whatever that's worth, he's a non-rare. He went from rare status to non-rare after having a pretty successful, in my opinion, um, season in the Premier League. Uh, anybody have any idea what constitutes that? Like, how do, how do they determine what's rare and what's not? I mean, the game is made in Vancouver, so uh, <laughs> maybe it's a bit of a North American rivalry. You know? I'm not quite sure. Non-rare to rare seems kind of random, but they do say that it's to do with the uniqueness of the card in the league and position, those kind of things. But I would have thought also nations, so you'd expect, considering he's by far the best US player in the Premier League, right, that he'd be rare for that reason. So one with yeah, the- a little bit, a little bit baffled by that. But there we go. Uh, Another one that we will probably never know why. But let's move things on then. I think pretty much everyone has come in with a card there and there are plenty out there. I mean, obviously we haven't had all the players come out yet. There's still plenty to look forward to probably coming over the next week or so. Hopefully we get the full database quite soon. That's when we can start you know, picking out some gems using those filters on the database sites, which are so helpful to pick out the players. And actually, talking of which picking what nation or league you're going to start building around is always something that people are interested in and I certainly am too. I was wondering maybe we could just go around and let everyone know what we're thinking of starting with in terms of our choice of league and nation. Chris, do you want to start us off? I always start Premier League simply because there's so many more players it seems that are at sort of higher levels Mm. and the, the mix of nations tends to be so strong that it becomes a lot easier to then start sort of digressing into other leagues and bringing mm. in players from more obscure nations, I guess, to, to build a, a more interesting team. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's like there is a premium on Premier League players, of course, but there's a reason <laughs> that there's a premium because uh, it is an optimal league to build around. Uh, Damon, what about you? I usually go uh, Premier League as well, but like you said, it's quite expensive. Mm. So I'm, I might be looking to try a different league this time. Yeah, I know what you mean. I've always tended to avoid the big leagues, but then sometimes hybrid in some particularly good value players from those bigger leagues, just because it's hard to avoid at times really, isn't it? But I do like to have cores of players that link together that I can slot in quite straightforwardly from off leagues and you know the four five one left mid left back right mid right back combo is really nice as well but yeah let, let's move on to grog then what about you yeah generally brazil um because just, just generally so many like probably 75 to 80 red players that in across any league who are i think some are actually good enough that they get overlooked because you're not they're not a premier league player mm. or a league on or a bonus league or syria just generally a few, even the Portuguese league can 
have some interesting ones which are cheap at times. Even um, I think it was two fullbacks at one year. I when I started my team, they were both starting in the Greek league, but they were both no decent players for the start of the game. But I got them for such a cheap price, like that it was just so easy to to build a like a team quite quickly. And then if I did have anything I wanted to upgrade any specific part, maybe a striker or somewhere further along the line, I could do that with ease if he was Brazilian. Mm. And because like if if you do manage to pick up like a cheap Brazilian from the Premier League or the Bundesliga, mm. you can then begin to link if you want to build the Premier League or Bundesliga team, you could go you could go from your Brazilian option from there and build from there. So I always found that pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point. I've always liked Brazil as well. When the Brazilian league existed, it was amazing because you just had so many different options. And it's still it's still pretty good now as well, to be honest. And Chris saying, yeah, Portuguese league is a great shout. Yeah, another league that I've built around early on before. Um, always some really nice options. Uh, and Hunter, what about you? The last two years, I told myself I was going to build something other than the Premier League. And um, <laughs> that said, I'll probably go Premier League this year. But it just really, for me, it depends on that first big player that I pack that is untradeable, that I feel mm. compelled to, a usable player that I can use. To me, it just makes more sense to to build around that player and just uh, save those coins, keep trading, grinding away until you can get those players that you really want. So yeah. to me, um, it just depends. It depends on what I pack and um, and how it how it turns out. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. George? Uh, this is one of my favorite parts of the game. I just like let fate decide for me um whatever i my initial spend is and what i what i get i sort of build from there but generally it's brazilian or french Mm -hmm. i always end up with a a premier league team eventually but with brazilian and french like we mentioned before um they're usually pretty good to sort of branch out and it also gives you options in different leagues so yeah that's probably yeah probably brazilian or french uh luke the last couple of years i've gone with the csl well the CSL midfield and attack because they don't really have any good defenders mm. and then hybrid inner defence. But something also is that I've usually had to run two squads at the start of the game because of the premium on fitness. But with no fitness this year, I doubt I will need a second random squad. However, depending on how quickly they introduce first owner objectives, I might actually look to have a more rounded club rather than building towards one specific team from the start. Mm, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, there's another fact here, because if they do first owner stuff again, you know, some of those pulls early on, people might be tempted to keep. I'd probably recommend not keeping them, because I think you can gain so much from selling them on. But yeah, it's going to be tempting to keep some of those more effective cards for any first owner objectives they decide to do. Steve, what about you? Well, this, um, yeah, traditionally, I, I always tended to look for value. I mean... Makes me quite misty-eyed actually thinking of some of my starter teams mm. back in the day. I mean, this is going back quite a few years to, to the days of the Footstock podcast, which aired its last episode in something like 1953 or something with with Matt Lamborn <laughs> and building a, um, a starter squad from the Russian league because the value was just outstanding. And I remember that mm. Jauzinho, the Brazilian left winger, was always the first card that I'd buy and. Smolov and Jaguar. Mm. Going on from there, when when a lot of those players moved, I found a lot of value in the, as was mentioned previously, the Portuguese league. I think maybe a couple of years, I want to say, I, I started with a Portuguese-Turkish hybrid. Good value in the mm. tur- in the Super League as well. Fate plays a, a pretty big hand in things, I think. If, if you mm. pack a great player, you're going to build around him. Or if you pack a couple of mediocre players from a certain nation or league, 
you're going to build around them. But um, I, I definitely, definitely, it's, it's, it's a great time to have fun with the game. You know, as you're saying, to to try out players that you wouldn't ordinarily use and uh, and leagues that you wouldn't ordinarily use. So keep an eye out on the uh, just see if you can find a few hidden gems and you can the, the very early starter squads you can have a lot of fun with them just just building around mm-hmm. players that you wouldn't normally use and it, it just opens up other doors and you can you can find your squad taking turns for the for the mass of the unexpected you got me thinking actually one league that could be interesting this year which hasn't been in the past is the MLS right or MLS we should say right because they've actually got some solid center backs now um, some more decent looking defenders and the league has kind of improved a fair bit over the last couple of years, and that could actually be one that's sort of in the Russian Super League mould, maybe. Tom, what about you? For me, I always like to mix it up every year. I try to keep things fresh. So once we get that full database, once I open my welcome back packs, I'll pick out something. It can be a major league. I usually like to hybrid it up, so French players are always good, even though they can be a bit expensive at the beginning. So we'll just have to see what happens. Indeed. And talking about seeing what happens, we'll have to wait and see what happens next week. It is possible that we have the return of an episode, which is always very interesting indeed, interviewing the FIFA gameplay producers. It's not guaranteed yet. Things are a bit different this year with COVID and everything, but it is quite possible that it will happen sometime next week. And I would love to put your questions to them. So do send them in via the patron discord at foot weekly pod on twitter foot weekly at mail.com as well so thank you very much for listening to this icon roundtable if you're hearing this for the first time as a non-supporter listener then i hope you enjoyed this and if you'd like more bonus podcasts just generally then do support the pod keep it going from just three dollars a month and get all the bonus podcast content over on the patreon if you are a supporter already a huge thank you for keeping this pod going it means a huge amount and to steve great to have you back hopefully this little bit of pre-season is going to set you up for the full season ahead how did you find it yeah really enjoyed it really good great well finally then a huge huge thanks to all those icon supporters dave b dj fifa player hugh j thomas alan g hunter b alistair martin m chris w Coach Fass, Matt L, Harry P, Sam B, Dean M, David S, Robbie S, Tom B, Jordan, Paul S, Yannick H, Rich T, Stephen F, Andrew L M, Nick Jack M, Christopher R, Damon H, Jonathan P, Lee A, Paul, Dominic, Rob P, Michael, Adam W, Stephen M, David, Anthony R, also ran, Jeff B, Roger D, Dan W, Eric T, Andrew C, Jason B, Matt H, Savage P, Grog55, and Sam MG. A huge thanks, as always, for supporting the pod, and I'll look forward to catching you on the next one. It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by True Car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill. Plus, take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed and together we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit penfed.org slash auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. At Chewy, we believe special moments with our pets don't have to cost more money. So you can save on your dog's favorite food, tasty treats for your cat, even prescriptions, all delivered right to your door. 
Save 30% on your first auto ship order up to $20. Visit Chewy.com today.